Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. This is the show where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them from a specific moment in their past. Uh, we talk on this show as much about what made playing that game special and what our guest happens to love about it uh, as we will about the context around how they fell in love with it for the first time. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping up top. Uh, as always, you should definitely check us out on social media. We're on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But there's just one Y. So that's B Y O U R. There you can see what we're up to. You can see the cool art I make every week. And I got to say, the, the art I made for the episode before this one, pretty beautiful which all i really do is slap a background on there change the text colors work with some some elements uh and the cover art but it's pretty good you also learn a little bit about our guest each week uh so check us out give us a follow there tell us hi uh you can also support the show a few ways of course by giving us a rating and review on apple podcasts i would encourage you especially if you like the show and haven't done it log on to that apple podcast store doesn't take too long. Let us know uh, your favorite part about the show, or maybe even your favorite episode, favorite moment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, leave us a positive review, and I'll read it on the show. You can, of course, share the show with a friend, whether they like video games or this particular game in general, or if they're a fan of the person we got on the show, which I'm thinking they're going to be. Uh, you can also check us out, of course, on Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have um, uh, at least two, maybe three bonus episodes of content for you every single week. Uh, this is, of course, uh, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes are there, um, which by this point you should have heard the Professor Layton and the Curious Village episode with our guest today. Um, 
And yeah, also shout out to our newest patron, Nathan Edwards. Nathan, if you're listening out there, welcome. Welcome to Super NPC Radio. Super glad to have you. Thank you for the support. That's it for the housekeeping. I'll finally introduce our wonderful guest for the day. So please welcome to the mic, Hunter Gatherer. And in conversation, this guy's never a blatherer. Connor Harakaki, welcome to the show. Hey there, happy to be here. How's it going? It's going great, and I gotta say, it only took us... This is episode 76. I don't don't know if you're aware of the exact number, but now you are. Um, Connor, we have finally done it. We have finally made this the an all-Connor show. Yeah, that Wow, yeah. I think I had looked through your episode list. I think... I think that might be true. The Connor and Connor show. It's like a law firm. It is. It's the, the, yeah, the, the Connor and Connor, uh, and associates. Um, technically <laughs> there's at least one episode. I think like the first holiday episode I did ever did like four or five in, I did like, uh, my favorite holiday memories, which was just me, but it doesn't really count when it's just me. So thank you for helping us achieve what I <laughs> think is fair to call a milestone. I think so. Yeah. We can, uh, and it's just, it's just the two of us. We don't have to be confused about who's uh, trying to refer to who in conversation. Yes. I, it's true. And you know what? Thankfully, I think we avoided that on the last episode, but it's going to feel like just a weight off our backs this time. And I'm really thankful yeah, that. Now, when we say Connor, it'll very easily refer to one of us, unless we're speaking in the third person, which we uh, both do. I, Connor Uh-oh. could do. Connor could do. Connor could do that, couldn't he? <laughs> Which Connor? Me Connor or you Connor? You know what? I guess we're never going to know. Um, probably Connor. Probably Connor. Uh, it's so good to have you on the show. Um, we met, of course, through uh, the world's uh, the world's chosen son, Nick Costanza. Um, My beautiful he, boy, Nick Costanza. Yes. Yeah. All of our beautiful boys. He uh, hosted, <laughs> uh, a guest hosted an episode of Video Games, a comedy show, maybe a month and a half ago. Um, we got to meet because I I uh, stream and technical produce that episode, that show on Friday nights. Um, and uh, I knew I had to have you on the show. You you also came on for the recent uh, Professor Layton episode. So if the pa- there are patrons out there at the $10 DJ Toad tier, they're familiar with you. Um, that's how we met. But Connor, what do you want the people who maybe haven't heard you before to know about you um, as, as just a person? Just a person, huh? I, I should make it very clear uh, I'm not one of these fancy uh, upper-class L.A. folks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> unlike, I think, a lot of the people that have been on this show, I have no involvement with the improv community. Uh, maybe a good thing, maybe not. I'm not as sharp as some of these guys. Oh, you uh, sell yourself short, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. By the way, I have a quick question. Yeah. This is uh, It relates to improv. Are there like, so I know like UCB is kind of the the big one in yes. LA in the area, right? Yeah. Are there like smaller uh, rival improv schools? Definitely. Um, oh, that's yeah. so good. I yeah, love that. UCB and like, I would say in the past, the, the Groundlings for sure and Second City, they're all different, but special in their own way and have different strengths. Mm-hmm. IO, which was Improv Olympic was around, but there are smaller schools uh, as well. Um, and like one that, uh, a friend of mine started a few years ago is called we improv that I know Nick participates mm-hmm. in. I don't know if he's talked about that, but that's Vaguely, a great, I think, yeah, yeah, there's that there's, oh gosh, I just heard, what was that other one? I just heard about last week. Shoot. Jess Eason and Corey Willis. There's a f- few people 
that I, you probably haven't don't know by name, but they are wonderful. They've they've started a new theater. So yeah, there's some small rival schools out here. Do do people from rival schools go to other improv schools shows and try and give them like really bad suggestions? Because that's now what I would I, like to picture. <laughs> I'm I'm hearing you now. I thought you said arrival schools. Like oh maybe oh, you start no, out no, here. No, no. Sorry, rival school. <laughs> no, I've got you now. Um, <laughs> I don't. I haven't experienced that, but oh boy, I want that to be true. I I would kill for some sort of sketch like that where yes. it's like dueling schools and they, they do that. They go and they try to make the show bad and it ends and they walk out and they just go, ah, they fucking killed it. <laughs> yeah. No matter how, no matter how good or bad the, the show actually is, I would absolutely love that. Same here that, you know what? I think the reason that probably I have like never seen that is because there's enough, like, uh, don't get me wrong. It's a very, for the most part, at least the community I'm in can be very welcoming loving, mm-hmm. inclusive, but there's absolutely a lot of uh, uh, strange jealousy and um, th- there's this like, I don't think this is a thing that people hold true to themselves, but I think this just happens naturally where it's like someone else's success is like my, to my detriment. So I think right. enough of that like jealousy is already in the community. Okay. <laughs> so so we don't even need a rival school or whatever okay. for that to happen. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Sorry, sorry for the, the sidetrack. I just, no. I, sometimes I'm fascinated by small things like that. No, Connor, I feel right at home because we got to do an improv sidetrack. So thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes. yeah. So you were uh, saying that you're not one of these, uh, these high class improv people. Uh, no, not, a, not a, uh, the most humorous or sharp guy. Not super quick witted. I'm a pretty average dude. I like video games maybe t- too much. Uh, started very young. You're in the right uh, place, dude. Thank you. Yeah, big nerd. Uh, like most of that stuff. Uh, Boulder on the weekends when I can, especially now that it's opened up. Fan of kayaking, uh, sunsets, culinary adventures, etc. Okay, those are some pretty cool things. I think you may have just shifted yourself above average with that. You know, it's it's very easy to just make yourself sound interesting. Just <laughs> put in like hobbies or, you know, culinary experiences just so you like eating out. This is already yeah. like a, the hinge profile of the century. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. We're, of course, going to get into your history with video games in general but i would uh, love if before you gave up you just told us the title of the game that we're going to be focusing on for the main event later oh absolutely the game we are talking about today is one of my favorites of all time uh such so many memories with it love it to death so many hours is monster hunter 4 ultimate for the nintendo 3ds incredible uh can't wait to talk about it i got so many questions about oh, not only your experience but the game in general um but like i said let's dive into it i think we maybe touched on it a little bit if i think uh, uh, briefly on the professor Layton co-op episode but i would love to get into um your i should have re-listened to that to know what questions i asked but i want to get into <laughs> your history with games so um even if we retread some some paths we've been down before w- do you remember when you like took an interest in games for the first time I was pretty young. I must have been like three or four years old because I have uh, like three siblings. I have a twin sister and then I have two older brothers who are also twins. They're about uh, four years older than me. You're making the face. Bury the lead. (laughs) Yeah, you know. And twins and twins? Yes, yes. I, I feel like I've been told that it's pretty common that if you have twins, 
it is likely you might have another set oh, okay. after that. Sorry, I don't want to burst your, your bubble, maybe. But, <sighs> but I, I had older brothers, and so they were uh, about eight or nine. They were getting to games at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember very specifically, was, I, I don't know if it was me. I think it was for Christmas. They had gotten a Nintendo 64. I think that now console came out in like, what, like 95? 96. Actually, 96? 25 years ago, today in Japan. What a, all right, special day to talk Meant about to this. Be. Absolutely. Look at you, just full of gaming knowledge and trivia. I love it. And that's Absolutely about it, buddy. It. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> but uh, they had just got Nintendo 64. I think it was about two years after. So I think it was like 98. And they pulled it out of the box. And it was there just like encased in like clear plastic. You know how they have like the molding for the console. Yeah. Shake in the box. Uh, and I think we had uh, Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. So that was about probably that was actually the first game I ever played. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Wow. It was. It's really great playing a game for the first time when you can't actually fucking read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. You have to ask someone who can read to tell you what things say. Yeah. So that was my experience. I think my brothers were out of the house one day and I was just at home with my sister and my grandma and I was bored. I turned on the Nintendo 64 and I was just in like Link's treehouse uh-huh. in the Krakiri forest. I, I didn't know what to do. I was just like swinging at stuff. I didn't know where to go. I was just cutting down signs. Yeah. Uh, but I was just fully amazed that like I was actually doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, it was kind of just like the weird path I went on. I was like obsessed with like Zelda as a kid. Dude. Made me love the color green. Uh, led to my very active imagination about like running around pretending to be Link. Oh, uh, dude, right there with you. Can I show you something cool real quick? Yes, absolutely. This is Let me see a this. Visual, visual element that um, that the listener won't be able to see, but I have this uh, Link from Ocarina of Time action figure. Oh, I wanted that as a kid. Dude. Is that the original one from they had like years and years ago? Yes, it. I definitely got this at like a... Because my first Zelda game was Ocarina, I think like a year after you're talking about, and we found this with Zelda and Ganon, which I think are like in a tub. Um uh, add like a Toys R Us, but since oh you're a big Ocarina fan, I this had to is, show that to you. This is aw- that is awesome. I, oh, thank I'm you. pretty sure I had tried to find one of those when I was a kid because I would see them all the time. I think I was around like eight or nine years old and my mom was using eBay a lot. And so I nice. learned what eBay was and I would look up those action figures and I wanted to buy it so bad. Oh. But she said no, which is oh. maybe smart and not giving me <laughs> everything that I wanted. But still... I remember that very fondly. And instead of Link, I had the Celtic Guardian action figure from Yu-Gi-Oh! Because he looked very similar to Link. Incredible. <laughs> and I, I kind of just pretended that was Link when I was a kid. I love it. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo 64 first console. That thing was awesome. Loved it. Played that. Uh, Majora's Mask, of course. Didn't know what the fuck to do. Dude, that is... again, can't read that well. Yeah uh mario party because that was the most intuitive for a kid oh, i think for sure. it's just mini games played that death but even as a kid i knew that anything over 15 turns was too long yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so i would automatically set it to 15 turns yep uh anytime i've played 64. that like yeah. socially recently like within the last four or five years like there's always the temptation to do like a long ass game like Yo, no 
45, yeah. 60 turns. I don't remember the <laughs> intervals, but yeah, you're right. Like 15, 20, like anything more than that, you're going to be playing too long. Anything more than that, you'll be playing too long and you will likely not have the same friendship you started <laughs> out with. Uh, yep. That has been my experience in anything over 15 turns. Yes, very fair. They, they have a warning on the box for anything more than 15 turns. Which is lose good. Your friends. Uh, I lost a lot of good people that way. Uh, but I guess, thank you, Nintendo. I've also grown from that loss. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that sort of just launched me just fully being into video games. My brothers also had Game Boy Colors at the time. Uh, and so they would play that all the time. I think my one of my brothers had the see-through purple case. Oh, cool. And then I forget what the other one had, but I had the lime green one. Oh, yeah. I know that I, one. I used to play a ton of Pokemon. Uh, again, at a time where I couldn't read or spell <laughs> very well, so I didn't know what to do, so I had to ask my brothers for help on everything. And before I got my own, I remember... I'm pretty sure I restarted their game multiple times. <laughs> Just because, again, can't read, don't know what letters that say new game mean. Yes. Uh, so, Are you sure you want to save? I don't know what this means. <laughs> I don't know why I keep hitting no and I keep hitting the same button. It gives me yeah. the same squares. Stuff like that. And then, uh, but yeah, a lot of trips to... Uh, Blockbuster as well when that was still a thing uh, just to rent games out for the week played a lot of Mario not Mario Party Mar uh, Paper Mario that's what Ooh. I played a lot of uh, that was Great about one. when I was getting a little bit older and I could read a bit better nice uh, and then I remember I'm, I'm, I'm just going out of order but I had to get glasses when I was about 8 years old mm -hmm. and we had gotten around that same time when I was getting glasses a Game Shark all right. And for listeners, if you don't know what a Game Shark is, maybe you're too young or you forgot. Game Shark was this thing where you would put it into your Nintendo 64, and then you would put in your cartridge on top. You'd plug it in like that, like a tower. Yeah. And you would go into sort of this boot menu where you could pick out cheat codes for your game. <laughs> and so since me and my brothers were too dumb to be awkward of time, <laughs> we had to use the cheat codes. So you'd get like all the hearts, all the story progression items, all the items in general. However, the game has a very funky way of reading that within its memory. So you could just redo all the temples, even if you had the medallions. Oh, okay. Yeah, funky stuff like that. But Weird. I think that's the only game we really used it for. I think anything else didn't really work. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I remember just being obsessed. And coming back from the doctor, they dilated my eyes with the eye drops. I had the glasses on. I was trying to read the strategy guide. Again, old thing when they still had strategy guides for Ocarina of Time. And just like staring into it as hard as I can, like trying to blink through my blurry vision. Yeah. Just terrible. <laughs> uh, and then from there, GameCube came out. I was about nine or ten. Uh, we scooped that up pretty quickly. Nice. Um, played a lot of... Oh, man, what did we play a lot of? There's just more trips to Blockbuster, but I remember the first game that I ever bought, which was my own, was Wind Waker. All right. Zelda Kid. Yeah, absolutely. Again, obsessed since Ocarina of Time. And I remember not really knowing... 
I, I hit a roadblock very early on. Do you remember in Wind Waker where you are on the pirate ship and you have mm-hmm. to swing to the other side? That little mini game that that yeah. guy makes you do. Yeah. I had so much trouble on it because I didn't know that you could hold the Z button on the controller to turn yourself while on the rope. Uh-huh. So I didn't know that you could like swing in different directions instead of just jumping at and going. It took me like a day to figure that out. And I only figured it out because I had to go over to my friend's house and ask him what to do because he was yeah. older than me and a little bit smarter. So, uh, I, I just, found a similar roadblock yeah. for me was like right after that at the Forsaken Fortress the first time. I had a oh. really tough time. Dude, it's it, so easy to get lost in there. Yeah. I was Especially just, I, as a kid. It's so tough. I'm actually going to replay that soon for uh, for our Zelda Games Club series that we're doing. Oh, nice. Are That's you going to play the on- original or the one on Wii U that came out, the remaster? I have the original, which I've played it like maybe three or four times, but I've only played the remaster once. So I, I think I'm going to do that again. That's good. I think it also cuts down on a lot of the, uh, of the sort of the filler. Yeah, I'm like I'm, slow. I'm okay to do. <laughs> yeah, me too. Figuring out you could get the Triforce pieces faster in the remaster was a a nice addition. A dream. Big yeah. fan. Uh, but yeah, th- again, just continue to be obsessed with video games. Bought a Nintendo Game Boy Advance. Sorry, a Game Boy Advance SP because I had birthday money for it. Hell yeah. Immediately went and bought Pokemon Ruby. And then my sister bought Sapphire. All right. Because we both got one because we were both obsessed with Pokemon still. Awesome. <laughs> and I think we got a link cable. Yeah, I think we had a link cable so we could trade. Even though we didn't know which Pokemon were exclusive, we, we would figure it out. That's the dream. Having, I mean, not only just a sibling who has the other version in a link cable, but... uh the twin part of it all makes it even more perfect. I love that. I know, I know. What, Me and my sister used to play a lot of games together. Oh, I remember now. The game we used to play a ton of, and listeners, if you are around the same age as me and Connor, uh, you may be able to relate, but it was Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2 on the GameCube. Dude, so good. So what good. a fucking good game. Oh, so Did you fun. see they're releasing a collection on the Switch later this year? Yeah, Banana Mania. It's going to be yeah. sick. I'm- I'm probably going to pick that up. <laughs> I'm buying the shit out of that. That game is so good, despite yeah. the frustration. Oh, it's so good. Monkey bowling. And then the one where you parachute onto targets. Fucking awesome. So good. Get this game, listeners. You'll love it. Big promise. But uh, I think I, I think I just wanted to play video games all the time. And yeah. so I was not a big sports kid. I think... My dad was a little sad about that because he was a big <laughs> sports guy growing up. Oh, really? And my brothers were were big sports kids too. But I just couldn't I just didn't take to them. Yeah. Uh now that I'm in my twenties, my dad no longer gives a shit yeah. about what I <laughs> do as a kid. Cause I am uh, healthy, I have a job, and I live on my own. So he he's just happy I'm alive. Yeah, what and more can you ask for? Uh, not much and i love my dad for that and he loves me so it's all good i love it uh but i remember me and my brothers trying to get money together we put a bunch of our money together to buy a playstation 2 sick because again we you know, just want stuff yeah. as a kid and so we saved up we sold some stuff and then we used our christmas money together to buy a ps2 i don't remember the games they played i know they were really into dmc1 or devil may cry oh I, I had no idea what it was so i didn't even play it 
I think what I got really into uh, via my friend playing at his house when we were in the third grade was Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, baby. That was a transformative period in my life. I love it. (laughs) But what a good, a good and absolutely bonkers uh, (laughs) game. Just yes. Incredible. Can't recommend it enough. So dumb in the best way possible. Yeah. But I got really, really into Kingdom Hearts around that time. Uh, bought a copy for myself from a kid in my middle school for 20 bucks. Wow. Uh, thank you, Tyler Miller. Changed thank my you, life Tyler. that day. You're the best. <laughs> uh, went back, bought Kingdom Hearts 1, was completely confused as to why it played like shit. But then <laughs> later on, in hindsight, when I played it again, I thought this plays better. Oh, interesting. It's just, it's a little more involved, if that makes sense. Whereas Kingdom Hearts 2, you can kind of just get through mashing a little bit. Hmm. One, because it's their first time, things are really stiff. It takes a little bit more brain power, which is, which made it hard for me. Again, not smart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I sold more stuff, used more money and bought a used Xbox. Just hit getting all the hits. I had a lot. I had friends who had other consoles than me, and I just wanted to play with them. And yeah. my brothers were also into it too, because when I got an Xbox, Halo Two was getting really big, and Xbox Live had uh, kind of had been out for like maybe like a year, a year and a half. It had just became this big thing. Yeah. And so we're just like, all right, let's play Halo Two. So we got Halo Two. We played uh, a good amount of that. Halo Two. Or Xbox is funny to me because, or Xbox Live is funny because it required, uh, you know, like Ethernet cables, right, to play online. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how the, we shifted to Wi-Fi, and then now, it, depending on your what you're playing, Wi-Fi is much much worse for yeah. <laughs> online games. It, it's so odd, but yeah. uh, I'm just trying to track everything around this time. A couple years after, that, I think I was in like eighth, gr- seventh, eighth grade. Now, in middle school, uh, the 360 had come out, and I bought a used one of those. Again, sold my old Xbox, sold all my games, controllers, bunch of old stuff. Took that home. I think died in like two months. Oh, Red Ring, no. Red Ring of Death. That again. fast? It was used, so yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, there yeah. you go. It was one of those things where I don't think people took care of it that well. Yeah. Also, the failure rate on those things were huge. Jeez. Uh. But yeah, so sent that in, got it back like two weeks later, uh, got Halo 3, and immediately went from like Zelda all the time and Kingdom Hearts and Pokemon immediately into uh, first-person shooters. I think a lot of, like the average person relates with that, I think. Totally. Uh, Halo 3 came out, Modern Warfare 2 came out, Battlefield Bad Company 2 came out, and then all the sequels, blah, blah, blah. So I just played those all the time and all my friends in high school played that. But Halo 3, I think I have, I think just for custom games alone, I think almost 3,000 matches played. Wow. And I I think in total, like maybe 5,000 matches. Dang. Yeah, I I really like custom games. I think everybody really loved custom games when it came to Halo. That was like Uh the big, the big thing. And then... Call of Duty World at War, which is the World War II one again, 
I think was the one I was the best at hmm. in my in my peak uh, FPS days yes. as a child. <laughs> I was unstoppable. <laughs> now my I can't do it. I just I'm, I don't have those reflexes anymore. Nope. Yeah. Or the time investment. It's a young man's game. It really is. It fucking sucks. <laughs> now I'm getting shit on by middle schoolers. Feels really really bad. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. Not the role reversal you want. <laughs> no, I want to dunk on all these little kids and make fun of them. That's what all the older people did to me. Right. It's Rude. very unfair. Uh, I'm just, again, I'm just trying to track everything. So you you've been you've been like consistently. Was there like a period where you like took a break for games or played a lot less? Because it sounds like you've been you stuck with it. Um, honestly, no. It's been such a big part and hobby in my life i never really took a break uh, i just kind of picked up other things to do when i wasn't doing that sure gotcha uh, I, I don't know it's just it's the main form of entertainment for me totally um so you played i mean assuming through like high school and stuff was there like a yeah. um after the sort of like 360 era like when we're getting into uh like xbox one ps4 wii u 3ds which sort of probably touches on a little territory from today who knows mm-hmm. it remains to be seen um were there any like big games from that generation that were like a couple like hits for you let's see I, let me track my progress again really quick 360 came out blah 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 near the end of those life cycles i bought a used ps3 because it was cheap <laughs> Played Demon Souls, hated it. <laughs> um, bought Dark Souls, hated it. <laughs> Played the Metal Gear Solid HD collection for the first time, loved it. Oh, okay. Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of my all-time favorite games. Awesome Ooh. game. I, I would put it as better than Metal Gear Solid 2, but not for uh, like any story reason. Actually, no, for story reasons, because it's way more f- fun, light, silly. Sure. I like Mega Solid 2, though, fabulous story. Incredible. Um, then near the end of that cycle, I was getting really into fighting games, actually. That's about oh. uh, what came through. I was still playing, like, Zelda and, like, Pokemon and then the, the first-person shooter games. Uh, but I got really into fighting games because I caught the big fighting game tournament that happens just about every year. It didn't last year because of COVID, uh, called uh, Evolution or Evo. Yeah. I think it was 20... 11 they were playing street fighter 4 arcade edition now i was my i was just enamored by it i thought it was super interesting uh and just sort of dove right in i was not any good at them but uh i still play them today uh and then after that uh ps4 came out i think i got it a year or two after mm-hmm. it had first released because as much as I loved Xbox, I didn't want to buy an Xbox One. Sure. Because there's nothing cool looking on it, <laughs> whatever that means. But I was not impressed by Rise, uh, Son of Rome, or Sunset Overdrive. I okay. thought it looked really bad. PS4 didn't have much else, but I thought, eh, it's got the better stuff. It's cheaper. Sure. I'll buy this. And it was great. I really liked it. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, I... I said I hate Demon Souls and Dark Souls. I came around later. Once I understood those games and they clicked, they I fell in love very quickly. Oh wow, nice. 
Yeah, I just gave it a second shot. Dark Souls 1, after you beat the first boss, I just didn't know where to go. I figured sure. that out, learned how to play the game just via online guides. And I was like, all right, this is cool. I, like I do. This. I love when I've had moments like that with games where I revisit it, whether it's later, whether it's like mm-hmm. a year or a few years down the road. And that second time when it clicks, that's been like something I've been thinking about lately is well, like, it's definitely a theme for this game. We're going to talk about later. Ooh, I promise. Baby. I love it's it. It's going to be interesting. But uh, oh man, the game's a ramble a bit. I'll uh, try and wrap this up actually. <laughs> sure. Go for it. What about what about lately? Um, oh yeah, it, have, like have there been a, a game or two in recent history over the last year or so or two, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to go over that mm-hmm. have um, you particularly liked or that you've thought have been really re- memorable experiences? Uh, really, really recently, I would say Ghost of Tsushima, which we we talked about a little bit yes. on uh, the Layton episode. Uh, that's the most recent one, but I really, really, really love that game. Despite some of the gameplay being a bit, little bit repetitive, I think sure. story-wise, uh, aesthetically, also super, super good. I just loved awesome it. Fell game. in love. I, I still think about that game today. And that was yeah. like four or five months ago when I finished it, just because I love the ending so much. Awesome. Uh, as for what I'm playing lately, we, we talked about this before the show started. Guilty oh, Gear yeah. Strive, the fighting game, came out, so I'm kind of immersing myself in that uh, lately. It's been extremely frustrating yet rewarding at the same time. So I've been having nice. a fun little journey with that. And I have been playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ooh, I haven't touched it yet. I mean, I don't, I don't even own it, but I've heard it's oh. pretty fantastic. <laughs> I want to play it is what I should have said. <laughs> oh, okay. I would, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Have you played Ratchet and Clank in the past? I've played about four hours of the 2016 game and thought it was great. I did it for a podcast, but mm-hmm. then like just got busy like three months ago. Yeah, you see, I was doing the same thing before Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I try and learn something about it. Because I only played it when I was younger, and that was a long time ago, so I didn't really remember much. And then I read online that the game was made to coincide with the CG movie they made. Yes. Around the same time, which got terrible reviews, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Dog shit. But... um I remember, and I like to stream on Twitch for my friends because I get off work pretty early and there you just need something on. Con Bork. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny because whenever the cutscenes would play, it would be the CG rendered ones from the movie. And since they were from the movie, Sony didn't want people watching it via streams. So those are blocked on PlayStation's uh, proprietary stream program. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. That's crazy. So we would be playing the game and the stream would shut off. Like the audio was still there, but nothing else was. I said, well, <laughs> so I said, well, eh, this is dumb. So I turned it off and I turned on Resident Evil 7 instead. Okay. <laughs> and then I learned that the 2016 game is not even canon. So I was like, well, I don't really want to play this anymore. Sure. But that being said, that 2061 is actually really good. Just gameplay wise. feels yeah, really good. I thought it was pretty fun. Rift Apart. Uh, like really tightens up the controls and the feel of it. It feels really good. Like I was okay. shocked. I didn't think it'd be that different, but it was, it felt really good. It looks great. Uh, Insomniac games. I don't know how they do it, but their graphics technology, like it's, it's, it's weird having like 1080, like on a PS5 anyway, it's weird having 1080p and like ray tracing, which is now this like really big, huge graphical setting 
just being sort of easily accessible. Yeah. And uh, with like 60 frames too, which is even crazier. Like so many graphics options. It's, and it looks good. Like it looks really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like all the lighting, the textures, the fur on the characters. It, it's, it really is like a showcase of like, hey, this is the new console. This is what it yeah. does. Which is why I'm like disappointed that I didn't make it a point to play that immediately. I <laughs> recently, there have been about, I've talked about this on the show, but there are maybe, I think, four or five releases over a few consoles that I like really wanted to play and didn't. I'm talking like new Pokemon Snap, yeah. uh, Resident Evil 8. I um, missed that one too. Returnal, um, Rift Apart. But finally, like two weeks ago, I was like, you know, I really want to get a new game. So I'm going to pick one up. And the game I went and picked up was a remake, which was the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, okay. Which is great. I'm loving it, but I'm like, why didn't I just pick up Rift Apart? <laughs> uh, you know, there's always next time. Yeah. Thank Mass you. Of, there's yeah, always next time. time. Um, well, dude, thank you so much for sharing about your history with games. I've, it's It was really cool to hear about, like, truly the variety of stu- of genres and types of games that you've played. And just, I love hearing that you just got in with Zelda uh, I could talk to you about Zelda forever, but... I could too. Oh my god, there's so much. I could tell you all the dumb stories I have, but may- maybe later. Dude, absolutely later. Um, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, as I told you, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on Ooh. the 3DS. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll see you on the other side. Absolutely, sounds good. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found welcome back to the call me by your game podcast of course here to discuss monster hunter 4 ultimate with connor arakaki it's finally the all connor show welcome back my friend thank you glad to be back connor i can't wait for people to uh to uh you know in the many years in the future to look back and just see that this is the show that it finally happened um (laughs) Uh, and I'm really stoked to actually talk about this game. Uh, Connor, something I like to do on the show um, before uh, we you know, dive into your personal history with it is to talk about a little bit about the history and context of the game itself. So <clears throat> I've got uh, just a, a brief paragraph or so prepared. Um, oh. Feel free to interject at any time. Um, uh, otherwise... I will just, uh, and I might even leave it open to you at points and make you talk, <laughs> but um, but otherwise, I'm just going to uh, start to talk. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, Let's do it. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate is an action RPG video game developed and published by Capcom. It is the fourth game in the Monster Hunter series and the second to be released on the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, originally released in Japan as just Monster Hunter 4 on September 14th, 2013. Uh, 
that's when the game originally came out. Um, and then following that, on January 26, 2014, an enhanced edition titled Monster Hunter 4G. Thankfully not 5G, because I don't want to get 5G or anything installed in me. Um, I will interject. 5G is bad. It gives you cancer. Okay. You know what? Good. As long as we're spreading truth here. Uh, <laughs> that game was announced uh, for release in Japan on October 11th, 2014. Uh, so a little, uh, about a year or so later uh, and allowed players to utilize Monster Hunter 4 save files from, you know, the original game. Um, but the version we're talking about today um, was released in North America and Europe as Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, finally, on February 13th, 2015. The new version of the game was released alongside the new Nintendo 3DS in all regions except Australia. Uh, and in addition to the separate game release, it is available bundled with a 3DS XL variant of the newer console model. Um, as with other games in this series, Monster Hunter 4 has the player take the role of a fresh hunter that undertakes quests and challenges to hunt down dangerous creatures that inhabit various locales. Connor, I've heard it described having never played one, but very mm-hmm. inter- very interested. Just wanted to know. <laughs> um, heard it described as a sort of like a, not a Bosch rush, but a game that's almost entirely like you're going to face bosses. How does, does that feel accurate to you? That is m- almost entirely accurate. There are small okay. missions where you fight little small monsters, but they're all... They're not the main ones. The The main meat of the game really is just getting quests to fight big, uh, dumb monsters and then take their teeth and turn those into big, dumb swords. Beautiful. Maybe we'll call the little ones mini-bosses, uh, you know, since we're both so familiar with the Zelda series. We could. Okay, cool. This doesn't Maybe. seem so hot on it, so okay. we don't have to. Okay. Um, as far uh, uh, as the story goes, from uh, from what you know about the story, having actually played the game, uh, does this one pick up, uh, you know, it, as a part of the series? Is this a brand new title, like a, like a limited <clears throat> series? Where does this one fall? So, for the most part, to my understanding, is that most of the series are not necessarily canonical. Gotcha. Like, every game is sort of like a new story. They're okay. like small threads that connect to past games with nothing like you're not fighting like uh, the same enemy for the same reasons from like an old game to the new game. Okay. Uh, and the stories themselves also not super important at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they tried to make it a little bit more important and cinematic in Monster Hunter World. I didn't like that. Okay. But uh, that's me. Okay, cool. So the is this the series that as a whole is more maybe from your perspective and let me know if I'm interpreting this correctly, more about the gameplay and oh, the crafting than it is the, mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, that's that's about all it is about. I think uh once you get past some of the early sort of tutorial quests is when the game really takes off. Okay. Uh, Cuz at that point it's uh it's hunting monsters to upgrade your gear, uh get the special drops to make it stronger and then just repeating it ad nauseum for a thousand hours awesome okay cool so it's a, it's that loop that's appealing yes um, it's uh it's very dangerous it's like uh i guess i don't know this i, I didn't play it but like destiny like i guess that's the most okay. um uh modern one i can think of or like okay uh i don't know do people still play diablo 3 does that have a lot of loot or whatever i think people do and i think that game does have a lot of loot okay we'll, we'll call it that sort of uh thing of just needing to get stuff to get better stuff hey 
your music to my ears, friend. I love getting stuff <laughs> to get better stuff. Um, as far as just like the general history and context goes about this game, is there anything that you felt like was important to add uh, that that would be just important to know about it? Oh man, mm, a game that never did particularly well in the West, specifically because it is such a rigid game mm-hmm. in some of its mechanics and gameplay. There's, there really is nothing else like it. Nothing else to me has ever come close to uh, needing to really put like a time investment to understand a game. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's, which sounds really daunting, but it is something that once it clicks, like it's kind of like a Dark Souls or like a fighting game or uh, one of your more involved games. Once it clicks, it really clicks hard. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, very cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this moment to transition us into your history with the game. I, ha- I have a question one I want to ask you, but I'll wait to because it might okay. might be answered <clears throat> by the f- the first question I want to ask you, which is how did this game come into your life? So this game kind of I got into it because I was coming off of Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for the 3DS. Uh, and Connor, I want to show you this because this is the 3DS oh. I bought uh, when, it, when I had money for it again. It was a special edition. It was the Fire Emblem one for Awakening when that dropped. That looks uh, pretty like cool. Like in 2012. It's all beat up. The pad is missing. Oh my god! So it's just a little nub there for the, the control pad. Can you put that a little closer to the screen? I want to see what I, that nub looks like. It's just like a black disc with no rubber on it. So there, so that little rubber thing is just like a bigger little thing on top of it. Yeah, I think those pieces of rubber, after time, okay. Quick side note: they get old, they get yes. re- they get like really hard, and they crumble. Ah, I darn. think. And then, but that's okay because I bought a new 2DS and homebrewed Dude. this thing like last year. Hey, Connor, let's show each other our same new oh, 2DS. Oh, that's great! We have the same turquoise one. Is yours named Connor too? It might be. It's perfect. I, and I love that. before that, I was also playing Monster Under for you. Look at you. you can't see, viewers, you can't see it, but I am showing Connor this. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I got into Monster Under 3 Ultimate uh, when that a while ago on 3DS. Uh, and it relates to one of my one of my best friends, uh, Ryan. Okay. Uh, he got me into a lot of more niche and like sort of like Japanese games. I just got a 3DS and he recommended me Monster Under 3. He had not really played it that much, but he knew it was really popular over in Japan. I said, whatever, I need games. And we picked it up and I hated it. I, <laughs> it again, it makes it's a game that makes no sense if you don't put the time in. Because yes. uh, gameplay wise, everything is very weighty. Uh, all your moves matter and position positioning is extremely important. Okay. Uh, like attacking doesn't, if you have a stamina bar, attacking doesn't use stamina, but like dodging and sprinting and blocking does okay and there are ways to again it's like this really and then all the weapons operate very very differently they all have very special specialized roles okay if you don't understand that or how they work it's very frustrating and so me i just use the big dumb great sword because i was like i I like big swords that cloud guy has a big sword or whatever i use big sword didn't understand it hated it (laughs) Uh, I put it down. Then I think a month later, I picked it back up again because I was watching a lot of stuff on YouTube. 
uh, related to it. And I thought, okay, open mind, I'll try it again. Tried it again, picked a different weapon that I could actually use. And then me and my friend Ryan immediately got back into it and fell in love like super quickly after we beat sort of the first real monster you fight. Okay. It's called a Kurupeko. It's like this big flamboyant green bird. And it has two special skills. One is that it has this air sac near its neck that can just like make these really large sonic sounds that'll stun you in place. And then it has these sort of hard pieces of claw that are like flint and it'll crack those together and make a flash and blind you and stun you again. Oh, wow. A lot of stunning. Yeah, for that one, yeah. Uh, It's just like finding ways to like how to beat that. It took us so long to beat it. So Uh fucking long. When we did, it felt amazing. Again, it's like, uh, like you said, boss rush thing. And then from there, we just kept playing it and then we couldn't get... I think we beat what's called low rank. Low rank is all like sort of the beginner quests. Um, after you beat that, it goes into high rank where you fight uh, different monsters, ones that are a bit tankier and old monsters that have more health and different move sets. They're one that are like subspecies, so they look different and they have different attacks or like attributes, stuff like that. We got to high rank and then I went off to college. It's about when I stopped playing just because we didn't have the time for it. Uh, after I kind of put it down, and then I heard that 4 Ultimate was coming out. I thought, okay, fucking awesome. I'll buy the shit out of this. And Capcom was really cool because they, with these games, they release uh, demos all the time. Demos are a all huge right. thing. So I told them, go download the demo. We downloaded the demo, played it like a million times. Uh, came out on release, bought it like day one. Like immediately had shipped to me. All right. Uh, kept playing it, put in like 300 hours which is like barely scratching the surface. <laughs> and then that's about when I tapped out. But uh, I played that a lot through my sophomore year of college into my junior year. Me and him played just a ton of it, especially online with like strangers. It was great. That's incredible. And you've already sort of started to touch on this, but this is a game that, would, would you say this game is even fun to play by yourself or do is it like severely enhanced by playing with at least one other person? It can be fun, but I think it is one of those games where if you have at least one person to play it with, it becomes infinitely better. Yeah. Uh, I hold the same feeling for stuff like Borderlands and whatnot. By yourself, really boring, but friend, great time. Okay. Um, This, I I sometimes I bounce around from like game stuff to context stuff, but I do have some context stuff I want to hear about. You said it was your friend Ryan? Yeah. Okay. So when you would play together, were you playing in person? Were you playing online? For three ultimate, we were hanging out all the fucking time. So it was always in person, which was great. We would be at our friend's house. Uh, Actually, Nick Costanza's house. And I think about it. Oh, sometimes we drop. I know. <laughs> Please listen to Reactivator's podcast. Very good. Can't recommend it enough. Can't believe it took us until now, minute 52, to talk about it. <laughs> to actually say the name of his podcast. We love I you, know. Reactivators. Love you. Love you, Nick. Love you, Tyler Schnupp. Y'all are the best. But uh, yeah, there was a time we were just hanging out in Nick's house and we everyone was like watching a movie. I think we were playing Monster Hunter. There was a time where we were driving to Nick's house after a movie. I was pouring down rain. And we, Ryan was driving and he accidentally hit a curb with his car going like 40. 
Oh no. So the tire, the front tire like got fucked up and like, and like bent. And so we were stuck in the pouring rain trying to get this off. And then eventually just like, all right, we, this isn't happening. So we did, we called, uh, whatever the nationwide services, uh, like four star or whatever. Triple A? Triple A. Yes. We called triple A. And, uh, while we were waiting, we just sat in the back seat. And played Monster Hunter until the guy showed up and fixed up the car. (laughs) I love that. And uh, on future trips, you also, you know, coincidentally would just destroy tires on the car. So you got to do this, right? It it was became the most effective way to play in person. Uh, It was a great time sink. (laughs) I love that. uh, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about the situation. but (laughs) It's like, well, it's the perfect uh, one of the best examples of like uh video games have made a shitty time at least like passable yeah we were just yeah th- there was nothing else we could do we were just waiting on the side of the road in this messed up car was pouring down rain at like 11 p.m so oh geez nothing, nothing we could really do wow uh but yeah then uh you know i went to college again and uh ryan actually moved very briefly to la with nick oh wow uh, for about, ten, I want to say 10 months, okay. I believe. Um, and so that was the main way that we sort of kept in touch was by playing uh, Monster Hunter. And, Hell yeah. Uh, Were yeah. you, when you, so when you're playing this, obviously not in the same room, you're uh, uh, states away from each other at this point. Would you play without video chat? Were you hopping on the phone? Was it Skype? I no, really it was usually, um, it's usually just us because you can like have custom text messages in oh. Monster Hunter. So we would just send joke ones like that. Okay. That was our most effective way. And we, we both knew what we were doing most of the time. We, okay, we, cool. we both found our niche weapons. So it's pretty easy. That's awesome. So you still felt connected even though you weren't there there. Exactly. Yeah. And, okay. you know, we would just send like Facebook messages to be like, you know, talk about what drops we got from the hunt or what we're making next, stuff like that. It was, it was just easier. Cool. I love that. Really making it work. Um, so, were you going to continue? If not, I had a question I was going to ask. Uh, I'm trying to think. I have more stuff related to Ryan. Just again, really close friends. So I have more oh, go for stuff it. about him. Uh, Ryan I, is the person who did just get me into like different games. I, I think the yes. most memorable one for me, aside from Monster Hunter, is Skyward Sword. All right. I was very, very against Skyward Sword in the beginning. I had heard a lot of bad things about it and I let that sort of paint my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, it's actually really good. Just give it a shot. I'll lend you my copy. I'll give you my Wii Motion Plus. Just play it. I'm like, fine, I'll try it. <laughs> but, and you know, I tried it for like two hours. I was like, I don't like this. Sure. And then I told him that he said, just try it again. Like open mind. I said, okay, fine. Open mind. Uh, I really, really, really love Skyward Sword. You guys, nice. I think that game is actually a diamond in the rough. Hey, everybody listening, the get him. No, it's a good game. I, Connor, I lo- I'm I'm, Connor, I love this game. I'm just totally joking. <laughs> I know it's underrated. I understand why, but so good. Yeah. I think a lot of the motion controls actually really made the gameplay not boring. It's, it's again, more involved. And I like that. Totally. I like that the, the this is a weird sidetrack, but I like the, the boss structure of fighting mm-hmm. Gearham, he's basically just your Virgil boss fight from DMC, or like okay. your rival your rival boss fight where you fight him over and over again. And every time you fight him, he has different moves. Loved mm-hmm. it, great stuff. Uh, love the music, love the characters. Even though there's only like 
a few notable ones. Yeah. I think it looks good. It has some, one of the best areas in any Zelda game in the form of like Lanairu uh, mines. Yes, the desert. So good, dude. Fucking I incredible. love that part. Oh my God. So cool. Like so cool. And then whenever anybody talks about like weird time travel stuff, they always talk about Titanfall 2, but they never talk about Zelda Skyward Sword. And it was the first one who did it. And it was awesome. Yeah, that was so cool. I'm uh, going to be replaying that as well for a show later this year. That's just one of the episodes I'm hosting. Yeah. But I uh, am I'm going to buy it on Switch. I know that's going to happen, but I'll Same probably here. play it before I think. Well, we'll see w- when I actually record this episode. It might be late enough to where I can just play Switch, but I've got it on the Wii and I've played it like, I think all the way through two, if not three times. Nice. So yeah. good. Love it. It is. Like, I think um, to share my opinion on the game, because uh, I love <laughs> inserting myself onto guest episodes, is that, yeah, I think the criticism in a lot of ways is is super valid, yeah. but I think the things that that game does well are huge strengths and you touched on some of them like the story the characters the music is incredible um what some a, of my favorite yeah. bosses and temples too i just really creative yeah really creative dungeons yeah it's definitely you know it's like as linear as a zelda game is gonna go but for me sometimes that really works because yeah. i'm like i always feel dumb like i can't play games well unless <laughs> it's structured like that no, I feel the same way. But yeah, yeah. sorry about that uh, huge sidetrack, but I uh, just wanted to give a shout Dude, out to Zelda. No apologies necessary. This is uh, sidetrack the podcast, so oh, um, you're all good. But he got you into that game too, you were saying, I think. Yeah, he gets me into a lot of games. He also convinced me to, yeah, convinced me, but he sold me on getting a PlayStation Vita. <laughs> all right. I, Way to go, Ryan. It was more than a few years after it released, so it was, uh, uh, it was used. And then I got a PlayStation now. What's it called? PlayStation TV. Cause th- those, the wor- those worked really well together. Yes. So I, that was how I played resident evil two for the first time. It was great. Loved it. Oh my gosh. That's it. What a specific <laughs> way to play that game. That's incredible. I, I did it on both. Like the Vita, I would switch off. I was like, this is great. Um, a lot of times when me and Ryan would be hanging out at a friend's house, uh, I couldn't drive at the time. So he would pick me up mm-hmm. or, and he would take me home and we'd be going home at like 1 a.m. And uh, a lot of times we would be parked outside my house and just like talk about like video games and other like YouTube stuff for like two hours. A lot of memories about that. Uh, A lot of games we shared. I remember buying him a copy of Dark Souls 2 Mm -hmm. uh, when that came out during my freshman year of college just so we could play it together on PC. And then got him into the incredible... Very underrated, but also very frustrating Wii U game, The Wonderful 101. Oh, I know this game. I've not played it, but I know it. It's oh, one of my favorites. Anyway, but yeah, so a, a lot of it is just like us sharing games and other stuff back and forth. Uh, another game we used to play a lot was Shogun 2 Total War. Okay, cool. Uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times we would stay up till 5 in the morning, <laughs> starting at like 8 p.m., just wow. playing it. Dude, I love, so what you're sort of sharing right now is um, maybe my favorite thing in the game sphere, which is how games can bring you closer to not just like people in general. Like, I mean, that's something that you and I have in common. That's Mm. why you're on the show, but (laughs) it can really, uh, because I've experienced this in my past with close friends too. It's like, it can be 
just like the perfect conduit for a friendship. And it sounds like you had a little bit of that with Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, still one of my best friends today, still talk, still hang out. Um, still try to, you know, we're older now where we both have full-time jobs. So it's, it's a bit difficult to sort of, uh, recommend games and get into them around the same time, but totally, I find that we still try to every now and again, but yeah, whenever I think of, uh, of monster hunter four, I always think of Ryan because, uh, again, pretty much my only friend who was into that sort of genre and game series at the time. Yeah. Uh, other people just, we didn't, I didn't recommend to other people like my other friends. Cause I, I knew they probably wouldn't enjoy it. They also yes. just didn't have the time for it with school and stuff. Okay. Yeah, dude, that I love hearing that. This is like the, one of my favorite parts of the show. And like I told you about gaming in general is this exact discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, this isn't obviously an important part about it, but do you remember um, like, either completing this game together or like when you reached like your at the end of your time with it we we stopped playing around the same time because we had both poured in i think a fairly equal amount of hours i think maybe me a little bit more than him but i had mm-hmm. about 300 he had probably close to that too i think i checked it was like 311 specifically nice. but uh so you beat low rank which is all the the quote-unquote easier stuff so the first tier of difficulty then you go into high rank which is the second tier of difficulty and then you go into what's called g rank and g rank is where like all this stuff sort of like hits the fan like it's all right get ready motherfucker you thought you were good at this game yeah uh all the monsters pretty much come back in addition to new ones as well as the subspecies and subspecies again uh same monsters different aesthetic different move sets Ooh. So like one might be ice themed, but its subspecies might be ice and have paralysis as a status that it can inflict. Okay. So is that kind of cool stuff? Or maybe the roar is larger and does damage now if you're next to it. Oh, wow. There, that was one of the most annoying monsters in the game. <laughs> now I think about it. But uh, yeah, we got to, there's three ranks in G rank. I think we got to G2 and we were almost through that. And I think we had just started G3 when we were like, okay, we're we're kind of at the end here. Uh, mm-hmm. we, so we, we both kind of quit around the same time. But yeah. uh, I feel bad. I really want to, I want to finish G3 now, but it's a bit difficult. No one really plays this game anymore, especially with uh, uh, Monster Hunter Rise out now on Switch. So yeah, but that's, you know. that is still, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination, right? And let me tell you, what a fucking journey. It was awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, um, uh, I ha- I'm going to ask you a couple more questions just about the game itself, but sure. are you pl- have you played Rise? Have you given that game a shot? Yeah, I bought Rise the day it came out. Nice. Uh, I managed to get one of me and Ryan's other friends uh, into it. We've all known each other since like middle school. Okay. Even. I got him into Rise and then my our other friend from middle school as well. Again, just people from our circle of friends mm-hmm. uh, got into Monster Hunter with World. So he picked it up. We just went through that together. Uh, I think I have, I think I played it solid for like a month. I think I have like 100 hours in it. Okay, and nice. I, I, I kind of tapped out and I can talk more about that later as to why my hours are so big for those games. Sure. But yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, I was just curious because since that you know it was like a huge new release for mm-hmm. not just uh, Capcom but for the for the Switch and it's so good. It's really really good. It's the most accessible Monster Hunter's ever been, and in a way that didn't uh, kind of annoy me in the way that World did. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really good. It's it's really a lot easier to get into. I, I'd recommend it. Awesome. Also, a great, just like hey, get online. Let's go hunt stuff. Great, totally. it feel, it, great loop. Feels awesome. I love that. Um, pertaining to Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, uh, you've talked a little bit about you know the the elements of the game uh, today already, and some stuff that you've done. But were there any like what are the aspects of the game besides like playing? Unless it is just playing with friends, that like. Uh, like the best parts that kept bringing you back to it. It's or what like, did you like about them? Sure. I it, playing with friends was a big one, but it's that again, this sort of speaks to the rigidity of the game. Uh, again, every action has a really long recovery. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be really smart about your positioning, knowing when to block or when to dodge, knowing how to do specific dodges knowing what like weaknesses are it was, it was just sort of a thing where it felt really good to have like your knowledge and your hands sort of work together to just make you perform really well like on a hunt like mm-hmm. you know the moveset of the monster so you know when to block instead of to dodge or you know how to do what's called the superman dive to avoid the big laser beam that a monster does okay or you know that um uh, you know like yeah, basically when to dodge, when to hit, when the monster's down, how many more hits on the tail to cut it off or to break something, what part of the monster deflects weapons and what part doesn't. Uh, just the whole thing, knowing like where you are on your statuses and how to take advantage of that. It's just a thing where like, yeah, again, it's being able to use all your knowledge and sort of like uh, put that into your hands while you're playing. It, it just felt really good. That's cool. That sounds really satisfying. And that also makes sense why you, why it would take so many hours to not necessarily 311 to get yeah. <laughs> proficient, but, uh, but it would take a handful of time to get, get a, get a grasp of it, um, yeah. is cause you, it's as opposed to just jumping in and wailing on an enemy, you're like learning all the things you just said, like what your moves do, their behavior, all that stuff sounds really cool. Yeah, and it's uh, I, there's there are some other stuff, but I I don't like. But that's uh, it's side gameplay, if that makes sense. Sure. Like uh, all, any little examples you want to give. So one of the things about Monster Hunter that is really big is crafting items. Okay. But these are stuff like uh, hunting tools or healing mm-hmm. items, and they are insanely annoying together in the older <sighs> games so for like you know you'd be like in a forest and you go oh there's an herb spot here if i press the a button on it i'll get a type of herb and the type of herb you get is like a random one you have like there's like four ones you can get okay. and instead of just like getting a bundle of them at the same time you have to keep pressing a over and over and over again and your character does a little animation pulls it out he stands up and then it tells you what it gets. And you do that over and over and over oh, again. Wow. Especially near the beginning of the game. It's 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 the absolute worst. Because like later on you unlock farms that let you 
gather these things in mass after okay. you do missions. But before that, you're just gathering it by yourself. And you have to then buy, you don't have to buy them, but if you don't, it makes it harder to craft specific items. Because every item has a craft rate that you might be successful or you might fail and you might just get garbage, which is worth nothing and is used for nothing. You just, and so you might like waste a resource? Oh yeah, it's the oh, worst. Oh, that is uh, nerve wracking to think about. And so you have to spend money on crafting books to increase your chance. So it's the first thing I bought. Oh my gosh. No and then you wonder. might not even know what makes what or what works with what. It's a kind of a guessing game. These are all things they fixed later on in like Monster Hunter World okay. and, and Rise, which I like a lot better. But doing that sort of thing can really, it really adds on the amount of hours. Uh, I think if I had to guess yeah. a solid like 75 hours are oh. dedicated to crafting me like over the course of the entire game of me like having to run and gather stuff so I could run back and then craft it and then realize I don't have the right stuff then run back. Dang. How is that? How they, I'm interested to hear how, if you want to share about it, how they've improved on that moving forward. So basically when you run up to it, they have a specific spots. You can get specific herbs instead of okay. just getting like a random bundle. You grab it. They give you like four at a time. Mm, and since okay. the maps are so big, you just run around, you just gather them. You can get like 16, <clears throat> like easy, easily. And then you have a little buddies with you. These little cats called Palicos. They'll grab <laughs> them for you too. They can help you gather stuff. Oh, cool. The farming plots become much easier to access. Certain items you can only like, you can only craft in the old games. You can now buy. Um, you can trade points for them at the traders. It's <clears throat> it's all ways that just made stuff easier. It all cut down uh, much more. You don't have to pr keep pressing A like six times until you yes. You know, you press it once, you get like f five pieces of ore. You move on. It's so oh, it's wow. so much it's so much quicker. It's so much faster. It saves so much time. And I think it's why my Monster Hunter Rise time is so much lower. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think if it was um, the same sort of system, I probably would have had like close to 200 by now. We had 200 yeah. by like, plus like 125, 150. It, it would have been brutal. That sounds like some really solid quality of life improvements as the series have gone has gone on. They knew exactly what the change to make Western audiences want to play this game. Yeah. That's so... Um, I don't know if admirable is an exaggeration, but I feel like I can look, and unfortunately I don't have a great example now, but there are definitely series that I feel like the majority of people who play it, or at least a very huge percentage would be like, uh, oh man, this is something that this series hasn't addressed, or I would really love it if they mm -hmm. address this thing and it <clears throat> never happens. So that's like, I'm really proud of Capcom is what I'm trying to say, of doing Me that. Me too. They made a game that my friends actually want to play and that people can actually enjoy without having to put in so much time to doing mundane tasks. Yes. So I, I appreciate that highly. Okay. That's awesome. Um, Connor, I feel like we've gotten to hear so much just wonderful stuff from you, both about, you know, the context with, uh, of, of how you fell in love with this game and, and mm -hmm. your friendship with, you know, both Nick, but especially Ryan, uh, regarding monster hunter Four ultimate, but also the, the, some of the gameplay stuff. Um, before we get into our post-show segments, um, either would you either like to share, is there something you didn't get to share that you really want to talk about? Or would you like to wrap up um, what this game means to you? Uh, 
I, I guess like for me, uh, this game was also really handy because it came, you know, during college. I was having a really rough time in college, actually. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, Nick, I went to the same college as Nick, actually. So Nick had graduated and then moved to L.A. So he was gone. Where did you two go? Uh, Western Washington University up in Bellingham, Washington. WWU, baby. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I'm good at abbreviating. <laughs> and that is the abbreviation. That is the correct one. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt you at a heartfelt moment. Please continue. Oh, no, no, no. I would do the exact same thing. Uh, so, you know, video games again was sort of that sort of comfort for me. And then being able to still, because again, Ryan was one of my best, fr- is one of my best friends. And so not being able to talk to him all the time or hang out was hard. And so mm-hmm. being able to connect with him uh, via that game and other games was was really nice. And it did help me through my uh, sophomore year of college. And so I'll always appreciate him for uh, playing that with me. And I, yeah, you know. I'll put it very uh, in a silly way. I love you dearly, Ryan. Um, if you could do me a favor, though, and whenever we hang out, stop pressing all the buttons on the elevator. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and Ryan, uh, from the show host that you're certainly listening to, please honor this request from Connor. Um, well, Connor, <coughs> thank you for uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, capping that off for us. I really appreciate it. Um, but we're not quite done yet. Uh, we'll, of course, move to our fun post-show segments, the first of which uh, is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Now, Connor, normally I have minimum two facts for my guests. So, If not three, three is the norm. Mm-hmm. I've got some good and bad news. The good news or the bad news is that I've only got one for you. Because oh. it was really tough to find not only facts, but Easter eggs. Or it's a anything. very niche game, yeah. It was really tough. Um, but the good news is, I think this one is very, very silly and fun. So I'm at least excited to share okay. it with you. Perfect. It, I have titled this fact, To Meme or Not to Meme. This comes from <laughs> the Wikipedia page about I think I have an idea this what game. this might be. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate had an extensive localization process uh andrew alfonso who is the localization director for capcom wanted to strive to make the title appeal to the western audience more than previous games which you had sort of touched on a little bit earlier um and andrew had his team uh, involved early on in the development process to provide input and begin that localization as early as they could he also spent time researching differences between not only japanese and western players but their culture this uh, extensive work led to Alfonso having to deal with, or at least contemplate, the idea of including memes in the game. <laughs> now, I don't know, the, the, the research didn't tell me whether that was just slapping an actual, like, JPEG on the screen, or if like had would be like characters doing like a plank in the game. I, the, the meme thing would probably come in the form of quest descriptions. That's... Uh, that's probably how it came in. Okay. And, I, and I'm sure there were memes. I just don't remember them. Sure. Um, ultimately, though, Alfonso reportedly had a pretty strong desire to stay away from the use of memes. Oh, Alfonso, you're the best. Right? <laughs> you're the absolute they best. Age well. Yeah. So he is worried about how they age, would age. And I think that is a, is a very fair uh, concern. Um, Absolutely. Have you, did you ever play the game Guacamelee? No, but I, I know it. It's very good. Would recommend it infamously. Um, I think a lot of, not, I don't know if it's the producers or shareholders or whatever for this game said, this game's not funny enough. You need to put memes in it. 
the oh development team gosh. and the writers were famously very very much against this they said no we don't want to do that it'll it'll it's not that funny <laughs> like these aren't that funny they said well that's too bad put them in the fucking game yeah. so when you go through guacamole as you explore uh you're exploring sort of this uh mexican or latin american town yeah and you'll see posters for like luchadors but they'll all be themed around memes so like there's wow. one for like grumpy cat and like I don't know if you've ever seen like the the TF2 spy with all the cigarettes in his mouth. Just all yes. the, me- the classic memes from like 2010. Okay. Interesting. It is terrible. See, it- that makes me so grateful. Because what I was going to say is my initial feeling was that like I could totally get down with a funny meme. But I think <laughs> I, maybe my memes are more sophisticated because hearing about like Grumpy Cat and that Team Fortress 2 thing, I'm like, yeah... I'm glad for your sake that it wasn't in the game either. You you need to look these posters up afterwards that they have in the game. They are yes, they are truly painful to look at. Oh and gosh, that they're, makes me... they're eternalized within this game now. Yeah, I was. I've always been interested in playing the series because I know it's like a fun Metroidvania. I am now at least thirty three percent less interested, but I think I'll still try it. Um, hey, sixty six percent is still good. Would recommend it. Hey, I'll take I'll take a D any day. Um, Connor, that's the end for the Fact Me Buy Your Game segment, but I will, of course, uh, finish us off with the game recommendation segment. And as you and the listener might know, this is my one forced tie into the movie Call Me By Your Name. Where I haven't I'm seen treat- it, but I will nod my head and be like, yes, sir. Yes, Beautiful. Connor. Well, I'll walk you through the connection I'm making here. I'm going to treat Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate as your passionate summer game slash love that you're eventually going to move on from. And these are going to be um, potential new uh, passionate games for you. A new I, romance, if you I, will. I, I hate to interrupt, but the I, you've mentioned this before in your other episodes. The, the love interest from that movie is Army Hammer, right? Yes. All right. This is very appropriate for Monster Hunter then. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I'm ready. Awesome. Um, wait, is he going to be in that movie? Oh, man. No, I think they just put a CG dinosaur in instead. I okay. couldn't have him actually eating people on set. That's okay. Cool. You know, not, it's not good for PR. Yeah, you know, don't worry about it. It's not the first time the cannibalism's been brought up on the show. It's unavoidable <laughs> with the name of the show. Um, you really can't not bring it up. It's true. Um, the first recommendation I have for you, uh, which uh, I'm excited to share because I, I, you may, I'm certain you know of it because you've played a game in the franchise. If Connor, you want to play another huge, huge action RPG series with but you want to play the 3DS release, I'll go ahead and recommend Kingdom Hearts 3D uh, Dream Drop Distance. Have you played this game? I gave it a shot, and when I realized they changed Sora's voice actor, and I also just didn't like the gameplay, I didn't continue with it. Hey, perfect. Some of these rebounds aren't meant for people. Um, Who who voices him in that game? Not Haley Joel Osment? It's not Haley Joel Osment. It's it's so... And he doesn't come back for three either. I don't know who it is, but it's... Oh, it's, I it's, didn't know. It's not close. And it I didn't know he didn't come out. back for three. That's interesting. Nah, you could... Oh, bummer. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm really into like the voice acting stuff because I love the vocal performances. So when I picked up on that, I was immediately just like... Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um... The next recommendation I have for you is if you want another intense RPG where you are battling powerful monsters, but this time it's a card game. I'll recommend (laughs) to you Pokemon trading card game from the Game Boy Color. I used to play that actually. Awesome game. 
Love this game. I vaguely remember it. I was not good at it, but I had a great time playing it. <laughs> I want to. I didn't like it until I learned how to play the game, which was several years after I was into the cards. But then I thought it was. I borrowed my friend's cartridge. Um, uh, and lastly, if you know you're looking for a role reversal here, Connor, you're tired mm-hmm. of being the man hunting the monster, and you want to be the monster hunting the man. I will recommend to you a game called Man Eater which is a game where you control a shark and just destroy a bunch of shit. And I'm assuming people at some point and it came out last year. Yeah. I remember that was, uh, I was free on PSN. I think a month or two ago too. Oh man. Did I miss out on that? I'm going to beat myself up if I did. I think it was, I think it was May. Yeah. When they put final fantasy seven on their two, it was April. I think it was the PS five version specifically. Okay. Maybe I may have actually added that then. Um, you might you're probably safe but i have heard good things about it it's a very goofy but fun game yeah and which is why it's the perfect one to cap off with um that's the end of the game recommendations and connor that brings us to the end of the show i'm a Um, little disappointed i was not recommended big buck big buck hunter but uh (laughs) the arcade game (laughs) (laughs) you know what my my bad man my bad uh take them all away and we'll recommend that game um Connor, before we go, um, I just wanted to say thanks again for coming on and taking the time to do this. This was so much fun to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. This is always, I always love just rambling endlessly about video games. So It's one of my favorite pastimes too, so uh, you're in a good spot. Um, uh, On our way out, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, Again, Reactivators podcast. Woo! my friend Nick Costanza hosts that with his uh, co-host Tyler Schnupp. They're great. Baby Tyler. Um, I have a Twitch stream I use very, very infrequently. I have a capture card for it. I just have to get the thing set up. But it's twitch.tv slash conbork, C-O-N-B-O-R-K. Uh, I just stream whatever I feel like. It's probably going to be Guilty Gear for a while. <laughs> and maybe Ratchet and Clank. But yeah. I love it. Uh, Other than that, uh, nope, I have social media, but I don't want to give it out. Hey, fair enough. Um, Well, thank you again for coming on the show. I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other fantastic art at at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y on Instagram. You can, of course, as I said earlier... Uh, support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash superNPCradio where we have a ton of bonus content on there. I've told you already about the monthly Call Me By Your Game co-op group episode, which Connor was featured on the most recent one about Professor Layton and the Curious Village for the Nintendo DS. It's more of a book club style version of the show. And we're also doing a book club at that same $10 DJ Toad tier. Uh, every or twice a month, we have a about a book club episode on every... with a couple exceptions, mainline Zelda game in the series. Um, By this point, the most recent one that has released will be the Majora's Mask episode, and coming up next is Oracle of Seasons for the Game Boy Color. So check that out if you're a big Zelda fan out there. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his game, her show, Video Games a Comedy Show, which which I stream most Fridays on my Twitch channel at 6 p.m. Pacific time uh, at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And... Lastly, you can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. That'll do it for this episode of the Call Me By Your Game podcast. We'll see you on the next one.
Thank you.